Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Do you ever wonder what an ambassador does? An Irish ambassador to some far-flung corner of the world. That's all going to be focused on this week at a conference called the Global Ireland Summit, which is a gathering taking place in Dublin later on this week, be addressed by the Taoiseach and by a number of our other global teams around the world. But what does an ambassador actually do when they're based in a foreign country. Fanula Quinlan is Ireland's current ambassador to Kenya, and she joins me from, I believe, Nairobi. Fanula, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good, good. And you're from Cork, I believe. I am indeed, yeah. I grew up in Balancholic. Let's, I suppose, start at the start. What does the Irish ambassador to Kenya, based in Nairobi, actually do? Um, well, we are we're accredited to Kenya, of course, but also to three other countries in the region: Sudan, Somalia, and Eritrea. And basically, I suppose if I had to sum it up in one line, I would say we work to advance Ireland's interests um, in that country. So it is around, for example, supporting the Irish community who are there with um, consular assistance. So if something goes wrong, for example, if they're in an accident um, with passports, with visas for Kenyans who want to study or work in Ireland, for example, and we work to build to support rather two way trade between Kenya and Ireland. So, um, for example, just last July, <clears throat> our foreign minister, uh, Simon Coveney, came out and visited. He oversaw the signing of a number of deals. We um, agreed a double taxation agreement, which makes trade between both countries much easier. Mm. Of course, we also work to advance our political interests. And now both Kenya and Ireland are on the UN Security Council together for a two-year period. So that gives us an opportunity to, to work on shared priorities. And some of those, for example, are around tackling climate change mm. or improving peacekeeping, because both countries deploy peacekeepers very, very often. Right. Um, and just two quick final points I would make, I guess, is um, we have a development program. So we work um, we work to support Kenya's development um, through Irish Aid, of course, which is the Irish government and the Irish People's Aid program. Um, and that is supporting Kenya in fields such as education, building agriculture and learning some of the lessons from Ireland in terms of attracting foreign direct investment. And then also the Horn of Africa at the moment, which is where Kenya, Sudan, Somalia and Eritrea are based, essentially, 
is suffering from um, a very, very serious drought and a very big food crisis. So we're also working to channel some humanitarian funding to those countries and to advocate mm. in favour of greater focus on them. So plenty to keep you going. Now, when you were growing up, Ambassador, as a, a small girl going to school in, in Ballincollig and doing things like making your communion and confirmation, is this how you saw yourself? <clears throat> Uh, no, I can't say. I, I never imagined it, actually, but it's been, um, it's just an enormous privilege and, and such an interesting how, how role. How did it happen, Phil? <clears throat> well, for me, it was a little bit, it wasn't the typical route into our diplomatic service. So um, maybe just to give you a little bit of context or your listeners a little bit of context. Generally, what happens, it's, you know, the, the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade is, of course, part of the civil service. So usually people coming out of college, they might sit a third secretary exam. And that's the, the point at which you enter into the into the diplomatic service. My background is a bit more unusual. I was actually a journalist for, for quite a few years. Um, and I joined the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade at the point at which they sought um, an external person to become press advisor for Irish Aid, the government's okay. overseas aid programme. So that's how I joined. And um, and then I've, um, you know, I stayed on. I moved into the broader department and then I had the opportunity to go on posting. So to go abroad and, and serve Ireland overseas. Mm. Yeah. Do you know, being from this part of the world where we grow up and, and life is relatively easy compared to being in somewhere like the Horn of Africa, like you'd be in the global north, as it were. How does it affect you watching people literally dying in a famine? Well, I can't say that I've actually seen that yet. I mean, the humanitarian situation certainly is very, very bad. Um, and I suppose what we always, you know, seek to do is... Um, to try to use our voice to raise awareness of that and, and, and encourage a response to it, both from Ireland and, of course, internationally, so at the UN and at the EU and at the other multilateral forum. Um, for, but, of course, I mean, seeing a human suffering like that is, of course, very, very distressing, but I suppose we always just try to take as constructive um, an approach to it as possible. Mm. It must be upsetting personally if you see suffering like that, is it? Yeah, well, I'm sure your listeners can can relate to that, of course, you know, seeing children suffer or, or adults suffer. And I mean, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of suffering in the world right now, of course, and people are watching what's happening in Ukraine and elsewhere. And, mm. you know, it is it's, it's just it is upsetting, of course, for people. But um, I guess our, our job is to try to, um, to try to respond to it as, you know, as as constructively and as rapidly as we can and to really use our voice. And that's I think Ireland's known for that, you know. Mm not only responding to hunger born out of our own experience of a great famine, but really using our voice within the world, at the EU, at the UN. And now, of course, we have this seat at the top table of the UN. Yeah. So I think our colleagues in New York and elsewhere are using that really to draw attention to these crises and to try to tackle some of the underlying causes, such yeah. as, you know, conflict and climate change and and b big issues that are really driving yeah. these humanitarian so, crises. You, you, when you see children hungry and suffering, there must be an instinct that you have to kind of quell to just start filling up plane loads of food and sending it over. Because, you know... That, well, that, that also has its, you know, that, that also has its place, of course. You yeah. know, the actual practical response to it. And absolutely, I mean, Ireland is, you know, in terms of some of the, some of the funds that the UN operates, for example, to respond to crises immediately, well, or not, perhaps not immediately, but as quickly as possible, Ireland is, you know, amongst the biggest donors to those. Because, of course, the first thing is to 
try to save lives and alleviate surf- suffering. Sure. Um, so absolutely, that immediate response has a has has a big role to play. And Ireland is is really known not only for you know advocating on behalf of of those suffering, but also actually responding directly and on the ground. Mm. What's Nairobi like to live in and to work in? In terms of being a, a, a is it is it as modern a city say as Cork or Dublin or London or wherever? You know, it is a very modern city. There's plenty of skyscrapers, you know, highways. Um, it's a very dynamic city. The Kenyans are incredibly dynamic and entrepreneurial people. So you do see, you know, you see business really thrives there. Um, you can you can get everything that you 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 know you might need to get in terms of you know, supplies or whatever. It's a very well, well supplied, well resourced city. There are terrible pockets of poverty, of course. I mean, you know, um, millions of people live in informal settlements. So places, you know, that often might have running water or electricity mm. and, and kind of, you know, houses that are fabricated. Shanty towns like, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, you do have, you have both sides of it, I guess. But um, but certainly it's a country that, you know, that's achieved lower middle income status now. It's it's growing well. It's um, it's a very nice place to live, very interesting place to live. Mm. Um, and, you know, obviously, I just feel very privileged to, to have the role that I do. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and as, a, you know, as a family, I'm, I'm there with my husband and son, and it's a, it's a very nice place for a family to be as well. Yeah. Is it glamorous, Fanola, in any way? I mean, when you remember the ad years ago, the ambassador's residence, is, is it glamorous? Um, well, I mean, of course, you know, there are, you know, receptions that you attend and everything, but I'll be honest with you, that's that's a relatively small part of the job. Um, and of course, when you are going to receptions and you're meeting, you know, be that Kenyan ministers or business people or other diplomats, you know, essentially you are working. There might be issues you need to discuss with them and that's an opportunity to do so. So, um, but a lot of it, I mean, you know, often a lot of it is, you know, you're in your office and you're just doing, Hmm. you know, you're just working on those priorities I outlined to you at the beginning. But I mean, I suppose it's a very, it's a very privileged job just to represent your country overseas. So, so that's, um, that's certainly a, 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 a real, a real honor. Is it something you see yourself at long term? Do these postings move? How often, for example, do you get back to, to Balancholic? Um Well, in general, in terms of posting, so most um, diplomats work kind of on a rotation. So you'll be back working at the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade in Dublin at headquarters on any of the, be it a geographic desk or... Um, so in, 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 in any of the sections that are at headquarters and then every kind of maybe three years you go overseas to a different to a different posting. And of course, yeah, there are opportunities to come back. I mean, I'm here this week. Actually, I'm in Ireland actually at the moment. PJ. Yeah. I'm here for the Global Ireland Conference that's taking place this week. Um, it's taking place and actually uh, so heads of mission. And diplomats and our colleagues from the department are gathering for the next two days. But then there is a there's a there's actually a public section to it on Thursday where, you know, it's an opportunity for leaders in the public sector, community, civil society, along with diplomats to come together and reflect on Ireland's influence and how we're working to build and strengthen that overseas. And it's actually being broadcast on Ireland.ie from nine to one on Thursday, and we'll be addressed by the Taoiseach and the Tánaiste, the Ministers yes. for Foreign Affairs, Education, Commissioner Moraid McGuinness, um, senior leaders from the UN and OECD and others. So um, so that's, for example, an opportunity for me to come back to Ireland, meet colleagues, and all of us will be looking at, you know, how are we strengthening our place in the world? Yeah. 
how are we building our influence and particularly at a time I guess when we're ever more conscious that you know we're interconnected <laughs> COVID has t taught us that the global financial crisis has taught us that and now regrettably I guess the Russian war in Ukraine is showing us yeah. again just how important global solidarity is. is Is that like something that's likely at a, to come up like at a conference like this one here this week like could you be meeting up with ambassadors from Russia, Ukraine and that kind of place and talking to them about what the person in the street in Kenya thinks about the war or how Kenyans see it. Like, would you get sort of down that kind of conversations? Um, well, so all of my colleagues who serve around the world would be back. I mean, it's a very, it's a very um, ambitious program that we have. You know, as I mentioned, you know, addresses from the Taoiseach and and and. Yeah. Minister Coveney and others, and the Taoiseach, of course, on everything from trade and investment to the European Union, climate action. So it's really an opportunity. But of course, on the sidelines, then there will be opportunities to talk to colleagues and share experiences. Yeah. And and in the two days that are coming up, actually, the, the Tuesday and Wednesday, it's um, it's more of an internal conference. So it's okay. colleagues from within the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade meeting right. and hearing from other colleagues about their experience of, you know, yeah. Everything from from. But you, you'd you'd meet your colleagues, you know, Irish ambassadors to the likes of Russia, Ukraine. You know, you'd meet them. You'd, I suppose we never know what's said, but you'd have you'd have very frank conversations with them about the reality of what it's like in those places. Sure, sure, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, enjoy the trip home, and and thank you for being with us, um, Ambassador, and safe journey back to to Kenya when you're headed there, which is when. Um, well, I'm actually in Ireland now until the end of this week, and then I'm taking a few weeks holiday. So it'll be May when I'm back in. Um, it'll be May when I'm back in Kenya. Okay. Well, enjoy in, enjoy yeah. your break, and thanks for being with us on the opinion. Ambassador to Kenya, uh, Fanola Quinlan from Balancholic and home in Ireland at the moment. I thought she was still in Nairobi because I wasn't aware that this was actually completely in person. This global summit, but it is, and she's here for that. And thanks for being being with us and uh, uh, we're grateful to Christine Mannion in the Department of Foreign Affairs who assisted us with setting up that item. Thank you Ambassador. Corks 96 FM Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.